Have you ever wondered what you're called to do in life or what your calling is or what your purpose is? I'm sure you have because we all have, right? Well, I want to try and talk about that today because I've been thinking about it a lot this week and I think that we're all called to something different for for certain reasons, of course, but I'm really starting, I think, to see different sides or different different things in, in what I feel like God has called me to. And I don't know, maybe it'll be, you know, a little bit of an eye opener for you concerning what you feel like God's called you to. Welcome to Rescued and Restored, trying to live holy in a world with no conviction. I'm Jessica. I'm no expert and I'm not a know-it-all. I just realized after chasing everything else, the only thing that satisfies me is talking about God and sharing how he works in my life. The miracles, the stings of correction, the laughter and joy of how he comes through at the last minute, just real life stuff in hopes that you leave inspired and or convicted to go deeper with the Father. So if you want to join this conversation, come hang out for a bit. So here's what I'm realizing. The older I get, the more I kind of take note of these things and the more, you know, self-reflection I do, the more I try to turn inward versus outward, all the things that we should be doing in order to grow and really become who God's created us to be. And I don't know why I've been thinking about it a lot this week, probably because last week was just a lot for me. It was spiritually, mentally, and physically exhausting. Um, I really truly was, I believe, under spiritual attack that also resorted or resulted in physical issues and mental issues. But this week's a new week and his mercy is new. And also my understanding of the things that brought on last week's attacks. But I've been questioning the Lord and just asking him, like, Lord, what what is it? Like, what what have you called me to actually do? And I don't think that that question is ever going to have a simple answer or a one phrase, one word answer. I think that it's always going to be something different. I truly believe that as we grow, as we get older, as we mature, not just in age, but also in wisdom and understanding and in our walk with the Lord, I do believe that all of these things change and that God is constantly pulling something new out of us because we should never just be the same person our whole life. However, I'm realizing that the things that I once thought, I guess that I was called to or that I, you know, like that I was supposed to do in life, you know, obviously those things have all changed, like drastically have all changed in my life. And I'm okay with that because I understand that, you know, I understand where I'm headed. I don't necessarily know where I'm headed. I mean, I don't think any of us do. We have a glimpse or an idea or maybe a word, but we don't fully know or understand what that means. But we should have some type of idea of where that is. And in that, recently, I've just been talking to the Lord about it. Like, Lord, I don't understand. Like, I'm starting to really feel like a misfit again, even more than what I always have in my entire life. But even more so the past few weeks, really the last two, three weeks. And I'm I'm realizing that the things that I'm called to are not necessarily the same things that other people are called to commonly or frequently. But at the same time, I feel like it should be. And I feel like it is. 
But then in reality, it's actually not. So let me explain. I know that I, I know now more than I ever have before, ever have before, that I am called to the prophetic, that I'm called to the supernatural. And by that, I mean to actually operate in it. Um, I have always been a, I've always been a dreamer. I've always been somebody who, well, y'all know this if you've listened to the other episodes, but like I would write things in my journal and then they would come to pass. I would, you know, pray about something over and over and over and it would come to pass and just different things. I mean, you guys, I've only ever mentioned like maybe two times about these things, but there's so many in my life and there's certain numbers in my life that in those increments of time, those like those years are prominent years in my life. And the way that it works out, it's like every 12 years in certain areas, like I don't even know how to explain it, but it's just mind blowing. And all of these things have led me to really understand that I am called to the prophetic and I am called to the supernatural, which is the same thing if you ask me. And it just means that Like, well, I don't even know how to explain it, if I'm honest, because I feel like we're all supposed to be called to this. And in my opinion, we should all desire to be called to the prophetic and called to the supernatural. And I think at times in our life, we probably all will operate in it. Now, when I say that, I don't mean that I'm called to be a prophet or like some title. Like, it's none of that for me. I don't feel that responsibility. But I I do know that I am called to prophesy. I do know that I am called to give words of wisdom, words of encouragement, this kind of thing. I know that these things, these gifts are going to operate in my life because, well, they already have at times, even if I didn't recognize it until now. Maybe I didn't recognize it in the moment, but now I'm seeing it. And I've been doing these prophetic classes and like videos or whatever online lately and just trying to really dive into it because... I want to understand it. I want to know. I want to be, I want to be wise. I want to have understanding. I want to have knowledge and revelation. And I want to have wisdom in all of these things that I feel like God's called me to. Because if you don't have all that, then what, like, what good are you? Now, while I understand that I'm called to this and I'm going to be walking in this a lot more than I ever have in the past up until this point, I, and this has been, This isn't just something like I woke up and I was like, hey, yeah, I'm just going to say I'm called to this. Absolutely not. This is something that has been prophesied over me by my own personal pastor, by other um, other ministers in other areas, other churches. But also just the fact that I have I have dreams like God speaks to me in my dreams for years. As long as long as I can remember, he has always just spoken to me in my dreams and given me prophetic dreams. However, I. I don't understand them half the time and I never understood how to fully interpret them. But over the course of the past week and a half, I've been trying to like learn, just learn how from other prophetic people. And what I have learned is that prophetic people have to be around other prophetic people. Like, yes, the Holy Spirit first and foremost will always be your teacher and guider or guide, but you have to be around other prophetic people in order for your gift to flourish and and to grow and for you to not feel like you're going crazy because (laughs) a lot of the time the past several months actually the past probably two years there's so many times but even more intensely just recently the past 
probably six months or a year where sometimes I just feel like I'm going crazy. And I didn't understand that that's normal for prophetic people because you see these things, you feel like God's showing you something, you see the opposite. And and yes, we know that's kind of, you know, the norm, but when it's on a, a, a very frequent basis and a very deep basis, like that changes things. Or if you feel like you're the only one and then you're by yourself and you're like, what? Like, Lord, I know you're saying something here, but like, why am I the only one that like sees it or feels this or, or, you know, all these different things. And, and this can be like little stuff to big stuff. I mean, there's no like one, one thing, but sometimes like you just feel like you're going crazy and that's how it feels. And you just have to, like, you have to be around other prophetic people Now, prophetic people aren't just people that label themselves that. Like, I believe that there needs to be fruit in your life that shows that. Don't come to me and tell me you're prophetic or that you're anything. Don't come to me and tell me that, you know, you want to give me advice or anything about money if you're broke. Like, don't come and, you know, talk to me about healing and, and being whole and how, you know, you can help somebody if you're always sick. I mean, there's certain things like I just don't want advice and be around people giving me information about something that they don't currently have fruit in. And so finding these people, I'm just praying about that right now. It's like, Lord, where's my people? Now, he has been showing me several. Well, I shouldn't say several. A few. Some who are already around me. Some who have just come into my life. And then others I know are on the way. And so that's super exciting because now I don't have to feel like I'm alone in this. And I can, I can, I want those people like, my thing I'm not that person that never wants to be corrected I'm not that person that never wants to have somebody hold me accountable like that's not me I want to I want to have those people and I do have those people but it's a goal of mine to have those people who there's fruit in their life and it shows without them saying it and I know and they have permission in my life to call me back to say, hey, let's let's talk about this. Let's question this. Like, what was the motive here? Or maybe I mess I messed up here. Or you know, encouraging me there. And those people are important. They're so important. And you need those. And especially when you're called to the supernatural, like you have to have those people. Is what I'm learning. And so I'm just really looking and asking the Lord to send me those people. And that doesn't mean that like we have to be best friends or any of this stuff, but just spiritually, I need those relationships right now. And I'm, I'm just, that's my goal. Let me just put it that way. That's my goal. Now, all of that kind of leads up to, to the rest of this thing that I've been thinking about lately about being like, what's your calling, purpose, blah, blah, blah. So I used to think that like your calling or purpose simply was like your career. That's so, that's so immature, right? Like I didn't, I mean, I didn't know. I just thought that's what that meant. Like what you're supposed to do in life. And I just thought it came down to simply your career because that's what the world basically makes your life about. It's like, what do you do in life? That's who you are. Well, that's absolutely wrong because that's not, that's not the truth any to me anymore. Now I understand that while I do hair and makeup, that is not who I am. Before this year, well, probably before the last several months, I would have thought that, well, I, I, I should take that back. Until probably 2022, mid-2022, 
I really thought that like my career, my job, whatever it was I was trying to do at the time was my, like, that's what God created me for. And I never thought more than that. It was just like, that was the end goal. And I don't know why, like, that sounds so dumb for me to say that now and to think about it. But that's just how it was. It was like, I wasn't anybody or I wasn't anything if I didn't have a job or a career. And maybe it's just because that's how the people around me, like friends and stuff, that's how it always looked in their life. And especially with social media, it's like you try to, you know, blow up so you can be whatever it is that you're doing and try to be super successful in that. And then that's just like what you are and all this stuff. But I don't know, like, I I guess I fell into that too. And of course, nothing ever worked. So I'm like, Lord, this ain't working. Like, I must not, you know, be missing or I'm missing my calling or something. But now I have the understanding that by no means, like for me to think about, this is my mindset now, and it's just changed in the last several months. But like I just said, like, like bridal hair and makeup, that's what I do. That's not who I am. It's not who I am. I have this, this thing inside of me now with what God has shown me visions of what has been prophesied over me. And then what I just sense and feel and desire is so much greater, so much greater than a job. It's so much greater than doing hair and makeup. Like, I have to assume that the hair and makeup is, you know, obviously like maybe parts of stuff like, like, yes, I can still definitely minister to my clients and encourage them, you know, pray for them, whatever needs to happen. And it's going to provide income. Like, uh, we need income. I mean, we're just because we're believers don't mean we don't need income. But that's just like one avenue of life. And I understand now that like the greater thing in my life that I'm called to, the greater purpose for my, my being alive is so much deeper, so much deeper than me being a hair and makeup artist. Like, I don't even look at that as anything anymore. Like, I'm thankful for it. I take it very serious and I'm appreciative of my clients and I, I value them. But I don't look to my job as who I am anymore. Now that's just like secondary. My focus these days is simply, God, what, wh- where's that vision that I just had in October that sent me to my face on the ground? Like, wh- how does that play into this? Because it was that powerful. So like I know that and I don't even think that's the end goal. That's just part of it. And then the prophecies of many being healed in one day. Like where where is this? And then the randomness of me not even questioning, praying, thinking, asking, never even gave a thought to ever teaching or leading a chapel. And I'm doing that for the school that I actually graduated from. Every month on the second Wednesday of the month like so that that just randomly came to me not not randomly in the spirit but randomly to like in the natural something I didn't even think about but all of these little things now are all lining up to to a greater thing and it's like mind-blowing to me but I also am mature enough now and not not immature anymore in this fact where I'm not chasing that just because of prophecies I've gotten and just because of, you know, now visions that I'm having and even dreams that I'm having that are more intensified. I'm not chasing that. 
Meaning, I'm not doing anything to try to make it happen. I'm not doing anything to put me in front of God anymore. Like, I used to do that. I'll probably do... I'll probably do an episode on chasing prophetic words. And I've written a blog about that before, which, you know, nobody ever reads because I don't know how to do that stuff. But, and I've also recorded this episode before on one of the ones that I couldn't ever get off Travis's computer uh, about chasing prophetic words and how it just was such a mess up for me. And how the enemy, I think, used that to keep me from really hearing God, from really like following where he wanted me and how he wanted me to do things because I was so set on how can I make this prophetic word come to pass, which is not what we're supposed to do. Like the the only thing that we need to do is partner and say yes to God and then do what he tells us to do or puts in front of us. But we should not put ourselves in front of God to try to chase it and make it come to come to pass. And that's what I was doing. And that's wrong. Do not do that. It'll slow you down more than anything and you'll get in the way of God. But that's another episode. This whole thing is just because like this whole thing that I'm even thinking about, talking about and feeling lately is it all just ties together. Like if you're called to the prophetic and the supernatural and to like move in that on a a frequent, normal, whatever, daily, if you even want to say it, basis. My pastor told me this a year and a half ago when I went to him and I was like, pastor, I don't understand. Like, why am I so emotional right now about these things? Why do I feel like God's just doing something and all I want to do is cry at his presence and all of these things. It was like such a, such a moment and and phase of my life for really for a few months, but really just a few days that felt like eternity that turned into months. And he was like, because you're called to the supernatural. He was like, I've known that. And so, and he told me, he said, that's going to be, he said, the the problem with that is you'll be criticized. You'll you'll be the most criticized. People that operate in the prophetic and the supernatural are the most criticized. And they're also usually like alone (laughs) and it costs them everything. Like it costs them everything. And I haven't even, like, gotten into it. Like, I've not done anything. Well, it's not me, but God hasn't used me to my knowledge yet in any, like, miracles, signs, wonders, none of those things that I know of. No. I mean, maybe if something came after I prayed for somebody later, like, maybe. But nothing that I've seen with my eyes that I can think of right now anyways But I already feel all of that. So I can't imagine how much worse it could get. And that's the thing. It's like you would think that those would be the things that are celebrated and that that those are the things that would make people want to be around you or be friends with you or be nice to you or whatever, you know. Instead, it's, it's quite the opposite. And that baffles me because I don't fully understand that. But I'm here for it. And it makes sense because my whole life's been like that. My whole life has been like that. I've never fit in anywhere. I've always felt like the, well, just the outcast, the one that doesn't fit in. But I've also not, I've, I'm nev- I've never been one of those people that like need people. 
Like, I don't need you to you need you to like me. And I don't need you to make me be confident. Like, I've just always been confident. For I mean, obviously, like, I have my highs and lows. Don't get me wrong. I mean, everybody does. But, like, overall, that's not really ever been an issue for me. I'm just like, I don't know. I just know who I am. And things are just very black and white for me. That's just how they've always been. And there's no gray area, which makes it hard sometimes for relationships because, like, you know, friendships, because other people don't understand that. And I don't understand how they don't understand. And so sometimes I'm just too much for people or I make them uncomfortable because I expect too much or, you know, whatever. I mean, there's probably a million things. But that's never my intent. And that's what's crazy because it's like, this is just who I am. I just live this, this life. Like this is, this is how I live. This is my standard. And it's just different from other people, I guess. And I just thought that was just me like making that stuff up or saying that, like, I didn't know like that was like a real thing, but I just heard from my friend today who sent me a voice message and she was talking about her prophetic friend. And she said that he's just a black and white person. Like there's no gray area. It's just black or white. Yes or no. And that's really how it's always been for me when it comes to like major topics, when it comes to major things, when it comes to how I live my life, like that's just how it is for me. And I didn't know that that could be a bad thing. But so many people find that they they act like that's a bad thing. Because I think the majority of people live in the gray area. They they live as close to sin as they can without sinning or they're lukewarm more than they are warm or I I don't know it's just like how close can I still be with the world in my worldly ways so I can stay relevant and cool but still want to try and talk about Jesus and I just don't understand that I just don't get it and so that doesn't work for me and so I say all this to say because I swear it all just, it all ties together. So here's the thing. So I was like, Lord, what is like, what is my thing? Because I believe this is kind of like where I'm going. And then I think I'm done. I believe that even pastors, like I had this conversation today with my cousin. I believe that God calls each of us and gives us all something usually all something different, but obviously there's going to be multiple of us who, you know, have the same thing. It's just not usually in the same, you know, group of people or same church or any of those things. But I do believe that, you know, some pastors, for instance, I think that we're all called to everything. We're all, or or maybe not we're all called to everything. We're all required to do everything in the sense of healing, salvation, um, deliverance, uh, you know, these kind of things, loving people, you know, whatever, right? We're as a believer, you're supposed to do all of that. Like that's just a given, that's natural. But then I do believe strongly that there are some people that God graces more for certain areas than others. And naturally, if you even take God out of it, just our personalities and the way that we are, which you can't ever take God out of it because he created us to be that way. So you know, some of us might lean towards this area or that area or these type of people more than others. And, or, you know, we might have more compassion towards this person or more compassion in general than somebody else. I think that some pastors 
or ministers, whatever, you know, like some of them are called, they, they have a special anointing on their life or a special grace on their life, maybe to preach about just salvation, which is like a general, right? Like that's the goal. But some, I think, have a special unique calling on their life to reach the lost. And then I think there's some who have a unique and special calling on their life to um, maybe minister healing. Like they preach a lot on healing or, or have that gift of healing that's stronger in them than maybe others. And some, maybe it's even about money. Maybe it's about uh, prospering. And maybe it's about just like Robert Morris, for instance. I, I told you all about him. He has that anointing and gift on his life where his church is the most giving church in America. And fun fact, thought this was super cool. He makes it hard for his people to give. They don't take up an offering at his church. They make it hard. Like they don't even like pass around a thing or anything. You have to, he wants you to, if you're going to tithe, if you're going to be a tither, you already know you're going to be a tither regardless of if they ask for the offering. And so they're still the most giving church in America, according, I'm pretty sure in America, and they don't even take up an offering. Isn't that crazy? That's just because people who are tithers know that whether you ask or not, you're still going to tithe, you'll figure out a way. So if you need to do it online or go find a bucket somewhere else, it's just cool to me that like he does that on purpose. But anyway, so he's called to that, I believe, more than, you know, he's graced in that area. Obviously, there's fruit in his life for that. And now when I say people are graced in these areas more and there's fruit that proves that it's not just because they want to be there's fruit that that makes it true. And so all this thing, right? Like everybody has a thing. And then I think there are very few people who are called to multiple things and are graced in multiple areas, unlike other people, which is really cool. And I heard this said, I don't know much about it, like as far as to try to explain anything, but I heard it said that it's very rare to find one person who operates in all of the fivefold ministry. And it got me thinking about my own pastor because my pastor moves in um, teaching. So my, my pastor can teach. I, I think so anyways. I think he's a great teacher. I think that he definitely is a great pastor. I think that he's a great, and by great, I mean like he moves in these things. Like I th- like he moves, he's, he's a pastor obviously, but he also is evangelist. That was his heart. That still is his heart. He also moves in the prophetic so I wouldn't necessarily call him like um, a prophet by any means, but he moves in the prophetic. He also, what is it? It's apostle, prophet, teacher, pastor. What's the fifth one? Okay, let me correct that. So I had to look it up because I got confused. So it's, it's apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. My pastor, in the 22 years I think I've been under him, I have seen him move in the teacher, pastor, evangelist, prophet when it comes to the prophetic. And I don't really know, I don't fully understand what the, the apostle side of it would be. Um, I, I want to say I don't think that he probably moves in that for what little bit I've tried to understand exactly what that means. But I've seen him operate in four out of the five fold ministries. To me, that's really cool. Like, I'm certain that there's not very many people that 
that can say that about their pastor or somebody, you know, that leads them. And I don't know. I thought that was really cool when I was hearing that sermon and then thinking about my own pastor. But most people, you know, we, we tend to have like one thing that we're stronger in than others. And so when we do have multiple, that's really cool. And that's just an extra blessing on our life. But I was thinking about it and I said, Lord, I said, am I just called to like, and, and now again, there's going to be multiple things, but like right now, and like with this podcast, more importantly, like that's kind of why I was thinking about it and just, well, I guess my everyday life, but I think that I'm just called to like help other believers live holy. And it's not, that's not a small thing. I say just like, it's a small thing. It's, it's not a small thing at all because of the world that we live in and well, you know, culture and even Christian culture and the lack thereof. I don't, I don't feel, I don't, I feel like when I say this out loud, like it sounds terrible. I don't have, and maybe it's wrong. Maybe I need, maybe I need to do something. Maybe there's like a blockage. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't have this strong and I never have had this strong desire to go witness and minister to people on the street and like win the lost and I've just I don't know and I don't know if that's just me being like timid and don't really want to like go out go out and just go randomly talk to strangers I don't know what it is but obviously I want people saved I mean that would be silly to say the opposite or to say something different but I don't have that like I know that some people do some people like that is their goal they they have that that burden for the loss they have that that just what I would call anointing and unique grace to go and just minister to like random people and tell them about Jesus I do not feel like I can do that but in the same token like flip it I feel that strongly about how Christians should be living a life that actually says they're a believer and a true believer and not a half, you know, living in the world believer. Like to me, there's nothing more annoying and frustrating than for me to look at somebody and not really be able to tell what side you're on. And it's not even like a, this, it doesn't come from a judgmental place. But of course, that's what somebody wants to say when they're not living right, when somebody, you know, actually calls them out for it. And while we're on that, can I just say, like, can we stop saying that you're not supposed to judge people? Because that's not true. The Bible says before you judge. And the Bible also says that we're not supposed to even waste our time judging like non-believers. Like Jesus wasn't talking to the non-believers when he was talking about certain things. He was talking to believers. But we are to judge. But before we judge whatever the situation and thing may be, we are to remove the plank in our own eye, like the scripture says, before we try to remove a speck in somebody else's, meaning that we need to make sure that our life is free before we try to say something to somebody else about that situation and topic. So if I'm out here committing adultery, but I'm trying to tell you, you don't need to be doing that. That's what that means. It doesn't mean you don't say anything. Because as believers, the Bible says we're supposed to go to our brothers. And we're supposed to handle issues. We're supposed to help them if we see them fall. Like if we weren't supposed to go help them see them, if we see them falling into sin, then what is that? Like what does that mean to you? That To me, that means go and tell them what they're doing is wrong. 
and out of the love of, you know, them being a believer, help them up. That doesn't mean, I think that people just like to throw that scripture around because one, they're usually convicted about something or two, they don't want somebody saying something to them. When in reality, if we would all actually live that correctly, we would all encourage each other, lift each other up, love each other and put each other back on the straight and narrow. That's, it's, that's not a license to never question somebody's motives, agenda, their actual, you know, like what they're doing in life. Like, I'm not just going to, if my best friend started acting crazy, I'm not going to be like, oh, the Bible says don't judge. I, I'm just going to let her do what she wants to do. Absolutely not. Because first and foremost, I love her. Second, I'm going to go to her and be like, look, whatever, like you're doing something wrong and we need to correct this. But of course, the people that don't don't approve of that or don't want to hear it, they're going to be like, you're not supposed to judge. Only God can judge me. Yeah, God's definitely going to judge you. Trust me. I'm just trying to help it help you now so he doesn't have to judge you so harshly. Like that's the most frustrating, frustrating verse to me when people try to throw that around. Like it annoys me so bad. I'm just like, I roll my eyes and I just say, really, Jesus, here we go again. Like out of context and when people actually um, live it out of context, completely wrong. Of course, we know that. But we are to judge other believers. We are to hold each other accountable. Like that is what we're supposed to do. We just need to make sure our life is clean before we're doing it. it because we'll get judged with the same measure. But that's in everything. What we reap, we sow. That's a principle across the board, no matter what the area is. So just make sure your life's clean. None of us are perfect, but we should be striving to be as close to Jesus as possible and as holy as we can. That's what God requires of us. Be holy as I am holy. I don't, I don't know. I guess I don't really see the problem in trying to do that. Like as a believer, as a true believer, now that I have fully surrendered, now that I desire to live holy, I'm not trying to live one foot in the world anymore. I'm not trying to keep up with everybody. I'm not comparing myself to everybody. I'm not trying to uh, feed my flesh. Now that I've crucified my flesh and crucify it daily, I just, I don't find it, I don't know. I don't know. We'll just leave that there. Anyway, so back to this whole like, calling thing so I just really think that like right now well I think my whole life it's been that way which is why it was probably such a struggle <laughs> for me to live holy for a while but I just that's my thing my desire is that every believer would live to the standard that God ha has asked them to live and and to live a life that is fruitful without having to say anything, to live a life that makes other people want to say, hey, how come she's so peaceful? How come she's, you know, so blessed? How come she just always has this like joy and light and laughter around her? Like, I want that. To me, when you're living a life of holiness, it just means that you have a fear, a true, true reverence of God and who he is. And that in itself is first and foremost amongst Everything else, that is first and foremost. And then you live your life out under knowing that you're trying to be pleasing to the living God. 
that you want to be his hands and feet. You want to be his mouthpiece. And in that, you have to live a life that's as spotless as it can be. We're not perfect, so it's never going to be completely spotless. We get that. Like, we don't have to keep saying that. Everybody understands that. I, I don't need somebody else to tell me not everybody's perfect. Uh, duh. Like, why Why are we still have to say that to each other? Like, why is that something that people still say? I don't even know. Like, just try to live like Jesus. I don't desire the things I used to desire anymore. So therefore, they're not a struggle. And when you fully surrender, God takes those things. And it's a process, but he takes them. It should not be an entire life process to get holy. It should not. If so, you need you got some deeper things going on. You probably you might have some unclean spirits that need to come out. You might have some generational curses that need to be broken. Like you might have some more to you if you're still struggling with the same sins and you use that not don't judge me, only God can judge me scripture. Every time somebody says something to you. Like we need to move past this stuff. We should be on the meat and not just the milk anymore. And to me, I just feel like that is my, that's my thing. That is my. So I'm curious as to what do you feel like you're called to? Or what do you feel like frustrates you the most right now that you see? Or, or whether it's a thing, whether it's something that happens, whatever it is, like what frustrates you? What irritates you? What gets under your skin? Because nine times out of ten, that's probably what you're called to fix. Like you're the solution for that issue and that problem. That you see, sense, hear, feel, you know, whatever. So think about that this week. Like, if you've never really thought about that, think about that and pray. Ask God. But then also, if you already know, like, I want to know. What do you think? What do you feel like you're called to? What do you feel like your calling is? What do you feel like your, your purpose is? Or what solution do you bring, you know, to the table? I'm just curious because I just think these things are really cool to think about. And I think, I mean, it helps us. Like once we understand that, it helps us to actually be more useful in that thing. Because now once I'm aware of it, now I can partner with God in, okay, Lord, like with my podcast. Like, I don't know this. I, I mean, who knows where this thing might end up going or, or you know, becoming. It, it's now been prophesied that it will turn into a platform that will be something but by something that doesn't mean the world standards of something it just i mean there's more to it than that like i'm not going to go into it but i have to trust that now that i understand that my my calling my my the grace on my life right now is to call other believers into holiness and probably other young women girls because those are the ones that keep reaching out to me and telling me like don't quit <laughs> don't quit and I'm like, okay, I needed that. Even today, I had, um, I had, I had somebody text me today, and just tell me how, because of just how honest I am about my journey with the Lord, how that's encouraged them to take a step into, you know, a a whole new like career avenue. And I was like, what? Like that's crazy. I would, I mean, I don't know. And then other time, like I've had other um people reach out and say that they're listening and that it really helps them. And and I would have never even thought that they pay attention to me. But what I'm finding is you never know who's watching you. You never know who's listening to you. 
And it really is true that you might be the only Bible that some people read. And so it's important. It's so important that if you're going to call yourself a believer and you're going to call yourself a child of God, that you better stand up and you better walk in it. Because, again, back to this judging thing, judgment day. How do you think it's going to be if you're halfway living for God? And you're telling people you're a Christian, you're a believer. But then they see your life halfway living correctly. And so they continue to live in sin, thinking that it's okay because they see you living in sin, but you say you're a Christian. So they can say they're a Christian and continue to live in sin. And then they get to, or both of you get to heaven. And God's like, I don't even really know you. You were never really my child. You may have said that you knew me, but I didn't know you. Like that, like you guys, it's not about being scared of God, but it's about having a holy reverence and understanding that there is judgment day coming. And especially for those people that are like, don't judge me. Only God can judge me. Oh, he's going to like, like if that scares you, like to think then it should scare you now. Like, like don't. Like, like, let's make a clear line in the sand and let's show, let's have fruit that shows whose we are and, and what we live for because somebody is watching and somebody is listening to you. And if you're saying that you're a believer and you're not walking like a believer, then you're leading somebody else astray. And that is dangerous territory. So let's, let's just try our best. I mean, it's all, it's an everyday, it's an everyday decision. And sometimes it's a, it's a minute by minute decision. You know, if you're really just trying to come out of a a sinful lifestyle and you're, you know, really trying to surrender. But then for those of us who have been in this, like, there's no excuse. It's always a journey and it's always a progress. It's always progress, but there's still no excuse. Like we should be moving like forward and not always backing up and then, and then moving forward and backing up and then moving this, we, should, we need to stop. So think about it today. Pray about it. And just figure out so you have a better understanding if you don't already. What 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 is God using you for? What has he created you to solve and fix? Or to, you know, just be a light in that area. And again, it's going to be more than one thing. It should be more than one thing. But there's usually different areas in our life that God has graced us where maybe, you know, your best friend isn't graced in that area or maybe your spouse isn't graced in that area. Which is also, which is what I said today with my cousin, that's why it takes all of us together. Like whether it's a church body, whether it's friendship, friendships, whether it's families, it takes a mix of everybody to know what God's called them to, to operate in that for us to all be effective because iron sharpens iron and if we're all walking fully in what God's called us to how many more people can we reach help and bring to God and think about it like if if we so if there was like a group of friends and we all were called and graced in different areas but we all knew one unbeliever or even one believer that just needed 
something from all of us that we all could benefit, like, you know, to give towards that person to help them and lead them and guide them. Like they have a whole tribe right there just speaking into their life from every area. And it's not just one person, but it's everybody in their their lane doing their thing that God call, has called them to do. I don't know. That's just cool to me to think about it. So let's be confident in what God's called us to and actually walk in it and let your fruit speak. Like I'm so about this fruit thing. So about it. It's so important to me that there is fruit and that it speaks for itself. So that's this week. I thought it'd be like five minutes and here we are again at an hour. I'm so sorry. I'm not sorry. It's just what it is. That's my thing. You know, So, okay. You know how people say like, um, what's, the, so they say uh, like there's a certain way that you can try to figure out like what you're created for, right? And everybody's created as a solution to a problem. But your goal is to find out what the problem is. And then once you do, you're that solution because it irritates you. So whatever really truly irritates you a lot, whatever drives you crazy, whatever, um, I guess really just that, whatever like makes you angry, whatever you want to fix all the time, whatever frustrates you. I've heard it said that that's where you know that you're the solution to the problem. Well, hello, everything I just said. <laughs> There's nothing more frustrating to me than seeing a believer live a life that I can't even tell if you're part of the world or not. That just makes perfect sense and it confirms the fact that, okay, well, I'm called to help other believers live holy and understand that we're not called to look like the world but say we love Jesus. We're called to live a life that the world says, yeah, they love Jesus. Because I'm not still drinking like you're drinking. I'm not still going to the bar with you. I'm not still going here and there and cussing with you. I'm not still watching these movies with you. I'm not still listening to this secular music anymore. Like I'm not dressing, you know, revealing anymore or super skin tight short stuff. I mean, there has to be a change. There has to be a change. There has to be something that sets you apart. Like to be holy means to be set apart. And God wants to set us apart. But how are we set apart when we look just like everybody else who doesn't even believe in the God that we say we serve? I, I don't, I, again, I'm a black, white person. I'm not a gray person. There's no in-between middle ground for me. There never has been, never will be. Like you either say and be this or you're that. Like don't, I don't, I can't have a conversation with somebody who says they're one thing, but everything like, don't tell me you're a Christian and then our whole conversation is about all this stuff that you're doing with the world. Or let me look at your social media and I can't tell. If, like, if we only went by social media, I would say probably the majority of people who claim they're Christians on social media in their bio and maybe mention Jesus' name every once in a while, I wouldn't be able to tell by any of the other posts on your, your social medias. Like, that's crazy. Before social media, at least we could hide our life and nobody knew. But now, it is out there for everybody to see. So, your fruit, that is fruit. If if you've ever been questionable, like, what is fruit? What does she mean when she says that? Fruit is what is what I see when I look at your social media. Does it tell me that you're a Christian, that you're a believer, without your mouth saying it? 
Like, can I just look at your photos and tell? Or your videos and tell? Or are all your videos still at the bar, still at the club, still drinking, still half-dressed, still clubbing? Like, are they still provocative? There's this thing. So, I guess this this is kind of all over the place, but maybe not. I was looking at... um. I was looking at Instagram this week and I was looking at this podcast that's supposed to be a Christian podcast and it's uh these girls. I say it's supposed to be. It is. It is. It is. Well, I've not listened to it. I shouldn't even say that. I don't know. It was a clip. I saw a clip and then I, you know, went on a deep dive because I was like, let me just see. Well, I don't understand if you say that you're a Christian, you're a believer, you're, you know, a female. And your social media is you in all of these, pick these these photos that are still showing your butt the majority of the time in these seductive poses. And, you know, these super short dresses where the wind's blowing them up. And all of these things. Because, see, there's still this thing called lust. There's still this thing called, the Bible says, don't cause somebody to stumble. Like, okay, yes, if you're a pretty female... And, you know, you have a shapely body, whatever. Like, if you're dressed and somebody, and you're not acting like that and somebody's still lusting over you, that's one thing that's on them. But there is a thing that that's still in the majority of people. I had to break this in myself, which is also a whole nother episode, but why I don't even post myself anymore half the time. Because it, it just turns to such a prideful, lustful thing so quick that, you just get lost in it again. But these girls, like, I was like, Lord, are you kidding me right now? Like, they're telling everybody about Jesus, but yet when I look at their social media, all I see is just this seductiveness, which means that you're call- you're, you're still leaving that impression that you're full of lust and that all these other people are going to be lusting over you and that that's still, like, something that's active in your life. Even if it might not be, it's still there in the photos, which is deceiving and, and misleading. And I don't understand that. I don't. Because, see, when I used to act like that, I knew I was doing that. See, this goes back to the other episode. I've never, I just, I don't know, y'all. I, I can, I won't ever be able to understand it. Again, though, maybe this is that black-white thing and me being different. I don't know. But I've never acted away, done something, posted something, said something, whatever you want to say. I've never done any of that and not known the intention behind it. I've never, I I can't think of a time that I ever was like, I'm going to wear a short dress that's skin tight, but I'm not going to walk around and and think that people's looking at me. What? No, absolutely not. If I'm wearing a tight dress and it's short, like you best know I know people's looking at me. You know why I'm doing that. And especially like, not not now because I don't really do that ever. Maybe once in a while when we go on a date, which you know doesn't ever happen. Um, but whenever I wasn't living fully for God, absolutely, I knew when I posted that photo what was going to happen. I knew who was going to be seeing it, and I knew what likes I was going to get, and I knew what DMs I was going to get. Like, c- come on, y'all, we're not stupid. We know what we're doing when we do it, and we know what spirit we're operating in. And I still could talk about Jesus and still knew how I was living. And that's the kind of stuff that drives me crazy now because now I know how wrong that was and how much of a foothold the enemy had in my life. 
And also how much of a stumbling block I was to other people. Also how much sin was still in my life because of that. But not anymore because I don't live that way anymore. And I've been set free from all of that. And so now to see other girls especially still act like that. But you claim, you know, like you're given advice as a Christian. You're given advice as all of this. It, you're somebody that people look up to. But if I look at your social media, I can't tell that you follow Jesus unless you're saying it. That's that's an issue for me. It's just an issue for me. And so I don't know. I just feel like that's that's my call right now. That's that's where I am. And again, things change. Like, I, I mean, I think we're always called to the same thing for our whole life, but I think that there's different avenues of it. And I also think that there's other areas that God pulls out of us that we have yet to even, you know, see, acknowledge or walk in. And right now, that's just that's just where I'm at. It's just I don't understand why people don't live holy and why that shouldn't be the number one thing that we're trying to do. Because it's what I'm trying to do. And it's not because of somebody else. It's not for myself. It's because God has required that of me. And to me, there's nothing more important than me being pleasing to God. And there's also nothing more fearful to me than me being on judgment day and God saying, why did you act like that? Why did you let so-and-so lust after you because you wore that outfit? Knowing that's what was going to happen. Why did you, whatever, you know, live half halfway in halfway out like I don't want that I want to hear good good and well done faithful what is it well <laughs> well done good and faithful servant like that's what I want to hear I don't want to hear God being like you knew you shouldn't have done that now I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure I'll get a lot of you know you shouldn't have said that <laughs> you know you shouldn't have thought that you know you shouldn't have asked me that question <laughs> when you saw so and so like I mean come on we're so human but I'm trying to live holy <laughs> and I just want you to live holy too so we can have holy conversations about how we're trying to live holy <laughs> in a world with absolutely no conviction no conviction even from believers it's crazy. So anyways, like what? That's it. Like, Father, thank you for another episode, another week. Thank you for all the encouragement that you've been sending my way, Father, to just let me know that I'm doing the right thing by even sharing with this podcast. Obviously, things don't always feel like they're seen or heard, but they are and we don't even know it. So thank you for every voice that you have sent my way, every text, every message, and every person that has encouraged me just in the last three weeks because it's it's been there, and, and I'm thankful for that. So Father, I thank you for each and every listener. I ask that you would speak to them. I ask that you would multiply their time back, and I ask that you would protect, watch over, keep safe, healthy, and strong. I plead the blood of Jesus over each and every one of them. And I ask that you would speak to them on what you've called them to do and to solve and what your your anointing is on their life if they don't know, if they're questioning it, that you would make it clear, that you would make it plain and that you would just start revealing it to them, that they would start to understand and see it and then just really start to walk in it with a confidence and, um, and understanding, just knowing that this is what God has created me for and this is the thing for now. Even though it might change and even though you might add other things later, this is the thing now 
that God has called me to. So I ask that you make that clear to them and that you would just do crazy things for all of my listeners, Lord. I ask that you would supernaturally bless them this week, um, but every day of their life. Ask that every person that actually takes the time to listen to these podcast episodes, that you would just open the windows of heaven over them in every area of their life. And that anything that they lack, Father, I ask that you would provide, that you would pour out, and that you would multiply in their life. And I thank you for that. I thank you that you can put just a special supernatural anointing on each and every one of them simply because they take time out to listen to what you've called me to do that I'm trying to be obedient in. And that, Lord, you will get this where it needs to go, when it needs to go. And that it will be a blessing to somebody. So I thank you for it. And I bless your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Rescued and Restored, trying to live holy in a world with no conviction. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please make sure to follow, subscribe, and like wherever you are listening, not to miss a new episode on every Friday. Also, I'd love to hear from you, so feel free to leave a comment or find me on Instagram at Jessica underscore. I hope you have a great week, and we'll chat soon.